We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in to another BuzzFeed as we were getting the countdown to come on. Uh, we had someone that wanted to join the chat, so Drayson is here, and uh, I think that he sensed we were getting ready to talk uh, the misery that was the Hornets trade deadline. Um, so we're going to talk about that today, Jalen McDaniels, what didn't happen, what did happen, Mason Plumley. We'll probably be on the same page on most of this, but maybe maybe not on some of it. So let's jump right in. I'm going to throw it to you first, PG. Give me some Jalen McDaniels thoughts. He was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers in a three-team trade that saw Matisse Thibel go to Portland um, and two second-round picks come back to Charlotte. Uh, so kick us off here because I, yeah. I'm going to just take a breather. <laughs> all good. So, yeah, uh, coach. Um yeah, I mean, I think all of us before the season envisioned McDaniels to have a productive season. The opportunity was there. He seemed like a guy that would fit in in terms of what Steve Clifford was looking for. And, uh, you know, news flashed, but six foot nine, uh, toolsy wings that can shoot a little bit. Uh, those guys, you know, usually find that home in the NBA. Late second round pick in 2019, McDaniels kind of saw his role just increase bit by bit each and every season and again you could really see it coming on um ahead of this year the opportunities were there i think he's done a pretty nice job taking advantage of them into the three-point shot after a you know hot star cooled a little bit but you know he can at least take and make threes uh for a team like the sixers that just got rid of matisse thibel in this deal the guy that you know is not going to shoot threes um philadelphia adds another wing and another guy that can defend, defend multiple positions. He can navigate some screens. He can use his leg to to contest and be bothersome when he's doing. You know, when, uh, if you've got him uh, trying to fight over the top, he, but again, he can switch. The Sixers are looking to do some of that. And uh, as has been discussed by probably all of us at various times on this pod, like he's a sneaky good uh, weak side rim protector. Um, you know, not, not a crazy, you know, in terms of like shot block numbers or whatever, but it does feel like once every two or three games, he kind of does surprise people by just, um, you know, being a rotating on time and using his length and plus to make plays at the wing. Uh, I just think he's a versatile defender. We've seen him do a lot of stuff in terms of on ball, 
uh, you know, some to get the ability to switch, the ability to navigate screens, and then the off-ball stuff. Being a you know the long arm guy that's in gaps, you know, digging for steals, and then of course the weak side rim protection. And uh, I don't know, he's having a nice season. And if the Sixers are looking for someone, like if they're trying to get a little bit of shot in the arm in terms of pace, I mean, McDaniel's is not a guy that expects to be on the ball much, but if he is going to get minutes for them, which we'll see, like he's a guy that you know one to two times per game, you know, is can grab a go uh, in transition. Uh, but I think he'll do a nice job just kind of fitting in and playing off their two their two superstars there. So I really like this move uh, for Philadelphia. And, you know, we'll see. I, for a while, I thought McDaniels was the kind of guy that profiled as a wing that could play in the postseason. And, um, yeah, we'll see if he gets the opportunity to do so now with, uh, with the Sixers on a team that has, you know, legitimate title aspirations or at least, you know, hopes to come out of the Eastern Conference. So, yeah, salute to Jalen McDaniels. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought there was a chance that he'd be back in Charlotte, uh, perhaps on a new deal this offseason, but um, looks like Charlotte didn't want to uh, pony up for Jalen McDaniels at what would be, uh, I think, a reasonable contract, but certainly a large raise over his relatively small, you know, former second-round pick contract, so... Uh, they made that decision, and then they went out and got something in return for it. Um, Lee, where are you on what, or Spencer, whoever wants to get in here, where are you guys on the the value they got in return? But actually, before we get there, just maybe even some thoughts also on the decision to actually part ways with McDaniels uh, as opposed to um, you know, bringing him back for a second contract. Yeah, I mean, you know, we did our like five most likely guys to get traded podcast, you know, whatever that was like a week and a half ago. And I was pretty convinced the Hornets wouldn't trade McDaniels. I mean, maybe that was naive considering he was starting to bubble up, you know, in some rumors um, for kind of, you know, contending teams that were looking to add another piece. And I mean, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, you know, maybe I should have taken those reports a bit more seriously. I just, and, and like, if you look at this trade in a vacuum without nuance and context, you know, cup check in the front office took a late second round pick and they turned that into two second round picks and Sivy Mikhailuk, I guess, if you want, if, if, if we want to include him in this, a, a player who I love out of Kansas, but not because he's a great player. I just love him because he's my kind of player. I feel like he's a guy that will be getting 45 in the YMCA men's league, you know, when he's 45. So that's why I like him, not because he's particularly going to be very useful for this Hornets team. Um, so like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that if you looked at it in a vacuum without nuance or context, the the Hornets took a late second round asset and turned it into what will likely be two higher second round picks. But then when you introduce the context and nuance of the skill set that Jalen provides with where this roster is heading and in the current NBA format with a homegrown developmental talent, it does start to become fairly confusing as to exactly why they would do this. Like if you look like if the Hornets just didn't do this, if the Hornets just moved Plumlee 
for Reggie Jackson's buyout contract and the second round pick, I think we would be in a much different kind of mindset and vibe. Although like there still probably would be a little bit of a sense of like, okay, that's all we did. But that would seem like a very like common sense base case outcome for this trade deadline. But then you throw this kind of head scratcher in and it just all the same emotions start to be restirred on kind of no, no, no confidence in this decision making apparatus to make what what we would hope to be sound decisions. Um, and and, and I, I echo your I echo your comments, Brian, on the fact that I'm happy for Jalen. You know, I think um, I think seeing him in, frankly, Philadelphia, who's one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now, like it'll be interesting to see him in the playoffs. Spencer, I'll kick it over to you kind of on perfect timing with this YouTube comment we've got from Ryan, which is if you're not re-signing McDaniels, this trade is fine, I guess, which I think there is maybe a kernel of truth in, but still like just kind of talk through, you know, your your opinion on what the Hornets could have done in resigning McDaniels versus if there was some communication that he wouldn't be returning or, or kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, and you guys both laid it out real nicely. Let me just preface all this. If this <laughs> cuts out, I'm alone with a two and a half year old this week. Um, he goes to school during the day, takes a nap in the afternoon, but he's awake now. So I don't have a, a better uh, half well, here. Hold to help down me the out. if you have to back away. But so, so if I have to, <laughs> if I have to jump off, um, that's that's what that was about. Buzzbeat is a family program. We're we're a family you know, program. Hey, we hustle. That's what we yeah, do over here. If, so. if we have to do some offense for defense uh, subbing down the stretch here, <laughs> you know, we can we can manage the situation. We will play a jump defense. We are not above that. Um, so, yeah, I, I have I have quite a few thoughts on this trade. Um, you know, when it first came across, I thought, wow, okay, they were able to scrape out a first round pick from you know either Portland. Or Philly, Philly presumably, since they were getting McDaniel's, uh, because I just I had it kind of implanted in my mind, you know this this developmental success story, you know six nine six ten wing, who's a three and D player um, who projects like Brian said earlier is is a, a playoff rotational, um, you know asset across the league. I think moving forward, like you know how can Charlotte move off of him without really a a, a serious asset coming back. So when I saw two second round picks and and Makai Luke, I mean, I, he's he just is there to make the salary make sense. I, I I don't I just don't understand it. Um, you know, this is not a franchise with a history of player development. You can't number two, you can't have enough of these kind of wings on your roster in the league. <laughs> number three, I understand that you know this team does have some expiring contracts coming up. You know, notably PJ Washington is a restricted free agent. Jalen McDaniels will be an unrestricted free agent, but he's under he's coming off of a four year contract. So the the Hornets still have his bird rights, uh, would have had his bird rights. Now the Sixers do, so they can offer more years and more money than the rest of the league. Number four, of course, you're bidding against the rest of the league if you take it into the off season. But guess who's not turning down the most years? and the most dollars as the 52nd overall pick uh, is Jalen McDaniels. He's going to take that deal, and so is his agent. And if he really doesn't want to be in Charlotte, then that presents a sign-and-trade opportunity, which is becoming more popular in this league. 
So to trade him now at the deadline for what's probably going to be like the 33rd, 34th pick is just, just lacks so much creativity and so much foresight. You're, you're going to draft a player that you hope turns out to be Jalen McDaniels. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, so you say that but, you cannot yeah. sign that player in, you know, three or four years to. <laughs> Like that's yeah, exactly. part of the frustration. And just the lack of investment, I think, from this franchise in its own. And again, this is not a franchise that drafts real well, so they don't have a lot of their own to retain. But the, the lack of foresight to invest in what you have seen grown in-house is, is, is just wild to me. I mean, but we all know what this is. And we've had this conversation on this podcast a lot of times. This is a cheap owner and a monetarily miserable franchise that will cut every single corner to save two or three million dollars we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah, you know, it is like, uh, you know, I, I guess I don't have like a, a great other sort of um, analog to, to compare this with like right off the right off the bat. But just it is kind of, it is in a vacuum. I think a lot of the stuff that Charlotte does, you're like, okay, that's that's fine. Like they, you know, they, they made the decision. They didn't want to pay to bring Jalen McDaniels back. They traded him. They got some second round picks, you know, not probably not the best bit of business, but like, it's a thing, right? You at least, you're at least trying to, you're just getting something or you would theoretically lose this player for nothing. But it is just amazing. Like there's just such a trend line of this. Like they, you know, the constant, the constant, um, inability to retain players that we draft is sort of like astonishing um i mean you look at this roster and i know some of the circumstances are have pushed things in a different direction but like the amount of like like they signed like basically like two draft picks to second contracts since when like what when was the last like I mean they they yeah you know, they they brought back Cody Martin and I guess if you want to call the Devontae Graham sign and trade 
They were getting which, ready to. They were getting ready to this summer. Which yeah, well that's that's like the that's like that's the circumstance that that this sort of like changes everything. And you know, look, it seems like they they're gonna try to bring PJ Washington back. I think that's like a good decision. Um, athlete. Do do we think that this? Do we think that this informs that at all? Like, does this have any impact for y'all on? I guess the, it could. The but, likelihood that PJ comes back. I guess it could, but it's like Spencer said. Like they could have paid both guys. You know what I mean? They, yeah. Like they, yeah. they could have done it. Um. And but it does. It does make me think. Like like I think they were already planning to bring PJ back. This does sort of yeah. like add a little more fuel to that. Unfortunately, like I I hadn't even been considering this guy until. Uh, you know, and his name was brought up online earlier. But just like the thought of like how Bridges like fits into the picture potentially is just like you just I hadn't even I hadn't even considered it, man. Like I, if this is something they're continuing to still like seriously entertain, again I've condemned it multiple times on this podcast. I, I think it's pretty 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 bleak. And, uh, they even shot those reports down. I thought you know. The uh the other day after the or not the other day but a couple of months ago um regardless it's just nuts to see how few guys they've they've brought back because again it like Dante they signed and traded that turned to Mark Williams so like I guess that counts too but man it's like Malik Monk gone Devonte Graham gone Miles Bridges who knows PJ Washington like probably back Jalen McDaniel's gone Martin here and then you know obviously you know Lamelo will be the one to you know, he'll sign a, hopefully the rookie extension the second he first second he can. But I mean, they didn't have a first round pick in 2016. Um, you know, Frank Kaminsky didn't make it to a second contract. Noah Vonley didn't make it to a second contract. Like it's just Cody Zeller is the last guy. You know, and uh, yeah, it's it's not looking like he ain't making it to a second contract. <laughs> not unless something not unless something like really drastic drastic happens so um anyways uh i don't know that's 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 probably all i got on uh i should we should say to someone mentioned i didn't see this did kelly Oubre say something about he he made a comment i mean i haven't like verified it but it would seem like a reputable twitter uh kind of source saying that kelly basically made some comments around like I really hope I'm not involved in the trade deadline. I like this staff. I like this team. Like I'd like to be back, you know, stuff like that. So he's um, played well. It's like Kelly's played pretty well. I could see if a guy like that who, uh, you know, is having the best season and is probably in line for somewhat of a payday this off season. Um, I could see why he would maybe want to be back, but like, I don't, I don't think like I'm not, I, I didn't even I didn't even consider the possibility of them like re-signing Kelly Dubre this offseason. I gotta be honest with you, like that wasn't in the list of priorities uh for me. No, I mean so okay, so James in the comments says it was a Rod Boone interview, which would make sense okay. when I saw yeah. it on Twitter. Okay. Um, you know, I, I know this is probably like not necessarily a majority opinion, and I know it's like very, very apples and oranges. But like, I would just rather straight up have Jalen McDaniels than Kelly Oubre at this oh, point. I oh, mean, oh my god, Time, for, yeah, times like, a million. Yeah, times I mean, a million. It's, it's, not even, it's, not even close. Yeah, yeah. it's really yeah. not younger, even close. younger and better at defense. Right, like, like that's what, all you, you have know. to say. And so it's like, and and again, I'll go back to my like optimistic thesis of 
whatever's going to happen with the Miles Bridges situation, whatever our opinions are, look, it's just possible he's going to be on this roster next year. And it's and look, he's a very good basketball player. So like, yeah, if if the Hornets do this tank job correctly, if they get a top two pick. And if they are trying to be competitive next year, the main point I'm trying to make here is Jalen McDaniels would be a very useful player to have on the roster if yeah. they're trying to win ball games next year. So that's where I just and Kelly Oubre, frankly, would not. He's like he's not a winning player. I'm sorry. Like no. he is he is a volume inefficient shooter that doesn't guard. And that just doesn't fly yeah. in today's NBA if you actually want to win at any sort of competent level. It's it's like I mean you can just rook lovelies like on Uber they like I know he's hurt right now maybe that complicates some things but like this was a seller's market people were looking for like scoring yep. and wings at the deadline and um I mean was there anything I mean I guess he occasionally popped up in rumors or whatever but um I think a lot of teams looked at those numbers and said not legit and this guy doesn't help us as like our eighth man in yeah. the you know yeah it's it's interesting with Ubre. uh you know it, I get, maybe the injury thing had more of an impact than yeah could I, I accounted that it, it would um and i kind of expected him even after the deadline today i was like well i wouldn't be surprised in a few hours we hear like the hornets and Ubre are you know negotiating a buyout right now uh but anyways I, to tie the bow on the mcdaniels thing because i did this exercise today because i think there was a uh, a percentage uh, of kind of Hornets Twitter, uh, which most of us probably had a, a tough time staying away from today, that, you know, thought, well, <clears throat> you know, we don't want to overpay Jalen McDaniels. And even then, we have to compete with the rest of the NBA because it's unrestricted free agent. I laid out how the Hornets have the advantage over the rest of the league earlier. But, like, we could have – and here's the exercise. I was like, oh, I forgot about Miles Bridges. So I was like, okay. He's lost all his value in the league, but there has been that one report out there that the Hornets would like to bring him back. So I said, start him at $10 million next year. Start McDaniels at $15 million. Maybe he gets less, maybe he gets more. I don't know, but we'll start him there, 8% raises. Start P.J. Washington at $20 million. Then sign what right now is projected to be the fourth overall pick and the 29th overall pick, Denver's. All of that combined, and oh, and Nick Richards, re-signed him. I think I started him at 5 or $6 billion. So plug all these numbers, they still come in like seven or eight million dollars below the luxury tax. And that's a full roster. That's what I mean, you're really not signing any free agent at that point. You could use your mid-level exception or a portion of it, but like that's buying in to what you're doing on on an age timeline, on an age curve that makes sense. Right. And and to me, and the second part of that is so anyways, it has nothing to do with PJ Washington and Jalen McDaniels playing the same position. Has nothing to do with not being able to afford him. Um I, I just you, you can't replace Jalen McDaniels now. You bought a lottery ticket is all that you did. That that's all the Hornets did. So just to kind of tie a bow on that, um it's a very frustrating deal. Anything else on McDaniels before we pivot to Mason Plumley? I think I'm good here. Yeah, so I, let's, I, hit the, I, let's hit the I, plum dog. <laughs> I think the only thing else I would say that might send uh, sparks coming out of Spencer's ears is that uh, you know we'll probably just end up selling one of those picks. So they have got so many second Can't. round picks Can't in the coffers. I'm out, I'm out if we do that. <laughs> yeah, they've got a, they've got a lot. Like they've got a lot, you know, looking ahead in terms of second round picks, kind of at their disposal here. And uh, 
I mean, they're just not going to use all of the, like, like, there's just no way all of those could use. So it's like, by the way, second rounders were like freaking oil today. Like, it was, like, I mean, it was just yeah, like money was, laundering across yeah. the league. You know what I mean? Just like, just like helping teams like dust the tags and stuff like that. Like, give me a second round pick and, you know, I'll, t- I'll, I'll leave yeah. this salary for you. And, you know, like, I mean, you know. The Bucks have traded twenty thousand gallons of oil for another like backup dog. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, and it, yeah, it's cash, man. You can't. There's no paper trail on this. You can just burn yeah, these exactly. guys. But it's, yeah, true. True. Uh, we, we need to bring the IRS into this. Um, <laughs> man, culpa yeah. on second round picks. There's there's something going on here. It is also hold on, probably James uh, Elbrod in the comments. Uh, they'll trade five second renders for John Collins. Lol, which like. I wouldn't hate it, uh, but but look, it is it is funny that like after the dust settled after this and like you know I know Miles Turner just extended with the Pacers and and maybe he gets moved at some point again, but like after all of this, John Collins is still with the Hawks and Miles Turner is still with the Pacers. It's like like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are they've changed teams, so like those dudes are like holding strong. It's it's amazing. It, it, it's a great point. Yeah, the John's <laughs> Collins things. It, it, I mean, that is just that's ridiculous. But um, so to, yeah, to truly tie bow on this. So let me pull this up. So yes, the Hornets get their own pick back from Philly. So that could be anywhere from number thirty-one to right now. I think it's, it sits at thirty-four. And apologies if one of you guys said this earlier. And then the other pick in this deal, twenty twenty-seven second round selection from Portland. It will be whichever is the better of the second rounders involving the Blazers and the Pelicans. Uh, Rod Boone, credit on that one from the Charlotte Observer. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. that. <laughs> uh, Mason Plumley. All right, Mason Plumley was traded to the Clippers uh, in exchange for Reggie Jackson, who is going to be bought out um, in a 2028 or 29. I can't remember exact 28, 2028 second rounder from the Clippers, which is somewhat intriguing. I mean, who knows where the Clippers are going to be by yeah, then? Exactly. Um, so like for Plum Dog, I'm I'm in on that deal. That's all we ever asked for was a yeah second rounder that had that wasn't top fifty five protected or something stupid like that. So yeah, I, I don't really think there's a whole lot to discuss about this deal. I mean, we had all talked about and I talked about earlier today and a little video. Um, uh, preview of the deadline I did you know the Clippers were one of the three teams I thought was a good fit for for Mason Plumlee really one of two I thought it was Portland or the Clippers Boston had been leaked to him but that one never really made a ton of sense um, so you know Plum Dog gets an opportunity to be on a contending team which I think is cool because he's had a really good season I think he's been one of the you know feel good stories in Charlotte um, and you know the Hornets get a pick down the road that I mean, in 2028, again, with the Clippers and the history of that franchise, and you got to think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard probably neither are on that team at that point. Who knows where they are? That could be a that could be an intriguing pick there. So, uh, yeah, what do you think, Lee? Yeah, so um, I mean, I, I, this 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 is the common sense deal. I mean, this is the deal Hornets Twitter and the Buzzbeat Pod were just waiting for. Of course, it didn't come until like thirty minutes before the deadline. I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I guess maybe there was a bidding war, you know, for for Plumley and the twenty <laughs> the twenty twenty eight second rounder just was what sent sent Mitch over the moon. I mean, 
if I wanted to nitpick this trade, it would be like, ah, could they not have gotten them to throw in like Musa Diabate or something like that? But like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not going to like lose any sleep over it necessarily. I mean, or, or your boy, Jason Preston, Spencer, you know, like something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think this is, this is fair value probably for Plumley. I mean, I've, I've, cautioned fans not to expect even like a fake first round pick for Plumlee. And, and that certainly didn't come to fruition. You, you know, Reggie Jackson's going to be bought out. I think that's already been reported a couple different places. So he, he won't even, you know, he won't even jump on a flight to Charlotte. Um, no, no surprises there. Either. No surprise at all. Yeah, yeah. That was always happening. The, the, and this is not, I'm not breaking any news here, but like the main benefit, even above the pick in my mind for, for this trade is the fact that we will see Mark Williams and we will see Nick Richards getting all of the center minutes or, or should be getting all of the center minutes. Maybe, you know, maybe with some PJ sprinkled in there, but like, I would love if Cliff starts playing PJ for like 20 minutes per game. <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna, <laughs> he's going to all of a sudden pivot to PJ at the five. Like your hand has been forced, sir. <laughs> um, you know, and, and look, maybe even this means like, do we see a sprinkling of Kai again here or there? Um, I mean, granted mm -hmm. he's played Kai at the four more than anything else, but Again, like the best thing, I, I just want to reiterate that, like the best thing to have come from this deadline is the fact that the chokehold that my, Mason Plumley had on the starting center position is now gone. And, you know, there's a couple different guys in the comments, James and, Sh and Shmi, that are, you know, pontificating on like who's going to start. I, I'm not really sure I even care. I mean, I think it'll be Mark to be to be honest. I, I think he's been ahead mostly in the rotation over the past month and he's played really well. But I'm not sure it matters to me. Like just split the duties 50-50 and let's yeah. see what we got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um and like I look, Mark Williams played well when he's gotten in it. And um he totally earned this wasn't like a, a charity case or like, you know, a mandate from the top down. Like, I don't like, I think Mark Williams deserves playing time. Um, I think his play has been one of the low and bright spots uh, for this team uh, in recent weeks and months. And for Richards to just like, it sucked because like he was having a career year too, right? I mean, he was, again, during his stint when he was the backup center. He too was one of the few bright spots. Um, he was playing so well that he was keeping probably PJ off the floor at five a little bit more, and he was keeping Mark Williams uh, from ascending earlier on. So the writing was on the wall. Like we talked about this move for months now. Like it had to happen. And like uh, you know, just real quickly uh, on the way out the door, like salute to Mason Bumley. He played really well this season. And, uh, I mean, he's got kind of a weird, quirky game. The, you know, the left-handed shot, you know, the opposing benches reacting at it. But, like, that dude was staring down two guys that are probably 10 years younger than he is coming for his lunch. You know, I mean, I know they're teammates, you know, but it's like, this This is doggy dog stuff. And, like, I'm, I, you know... The guy played the best of his career when he absolutely had to happen. I think if there had been any slippage, who knows, maybe, I know Steve Clifford's so trusting of like a veteran center, but who knows, maybe the shift would have come earlier. 
Um, I th- I do think like ultimately getting that the second round pick on the distance. I think like it's interesting because I I think in general that's good practice when it comes to like first round picks especially you know in some of these sort of like we now top heavy teams with aging massive veteran salaries on the roster. Um, but I do think it's one of the things that you kind of wish you could have it now. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just like a second round pick in 2028. It's just like, it, you know, the city of Miami is going to be like underwater by the time, <laughs> like, by the time the owners get to like use that pick. And like, it's, they like, kind of wish it was like a little more tangible, but I, I do think like in practice, it's, it's good to throw those things out there and have something well, kind of down the that's road. That's what OKC did to the Clippers. I mean, they pushed yeah. out a lot of those yeah. first round picks, which was smart, I think, you know? Yeah. And, and I do think like, I, I'll be curious to see like a couple of time, like how much Plumlee actually plays. Like you could also see like in the playoffs, like the Clippers go small and play two bots at center. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like 40 minutes of center are like Nick Batum with Zubac or whatever. Yeah. Um, Fighting in certain matchups, Plumlee gives you some depth. He can eat innings for you in the regular season. And he's a little like insurance policy for, for Zoo, you know, if he were to get hurt or whatever. Um, and if you, you know, if you're getting matched up against Jokic, like he gives you one more kind of like mobile, you know, big guy to try to throw at him. I don't think he's going to tip him too much against in, the, in that matchup, but in theory, I guess he presents another option. And I do think like offensively, like the Clippers are like, they're like 25th, 20, 20, somewhere between 20, 25 in offensive efficiency right now. Not like it's I expect, not good. Yeah. No, it's not. And not like I expect Clumpley to like immediately jump them into top 10 status. And I know they're weird because of like how they, the, the load management and how they play their stars. But Clumpley's a guy that you can get the ball to and you, you get a little yeah. movement going. It kind of feels like them, you know, they went down and they got Bones Island. Um, it was kind of like a pasty guard. Yeah, exactly. And so it kind of feels like they got guys that can amp the pace up. Plumlee gives you something you can throw the ball to just get movement cutting off of him. And he can play a bigger role with your like star wings. So he makes a lot of sense for the Clippers, honestly. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, I mean, you both just kind of said it. Like Clippers had a great deadline. I think the Lakers did too. You know, Clippers improved their transition offense and they improved their half court offense. And yeah, you know that that's. I'm excited to watch Plumlee with either Kawhi. I'm sure they'll stagger him coming off the bench with either Kawhi or PG in there. But yeah, you can't just dribble down the floor every single time and throw it to one guy at the elbow and just be like, okay, go to work. And that's what they do. That's why their offense stinks, you know, uh, basically. Anyways, going back on the Plumlee deal, I, um, when, when it came across, I was like, okay, Reggie Jackson. And then I went and looked. I was like, okay, he makes two more million than Plumlee. And Balmer's paying probably like fifty million dollars in, in repeater tax. So like we're saving them tens of millions of dollars here. That adds up to like twenty second round picks. If you yeah. actually want to do the math. So yeah. I was like, if there's nothing coming back here, I'm gonna be mad. Then I immediately started to talk myself down because I was like, Nick Richards, Mark Williams, finally, yeah, you know, we get to watch these two, you know, eat up the center minutes. And like you guys mentioned, you know, PJ Washington getting some of those minutes, but you were and talking. I bet, I bet Steve Ballmer's got like a really cool plane that MJ gets to like use twice a year <laughs> now or something, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe for a second round pick or something. Yeah. You know, just get a flight every now and then. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but I, I do think that 
it, it is interesting. You guys were talking Mark Williams versus Nick, you know, who starts. I think for Mark Williams, like I've seen enough during his rookie season to where I'm like, this guy's going to be pretty damn good. I like agree. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it at this point. I, I would like to see Nick Richards against starting centers in There's this league. Point. I mean, I would love to see Mark Williams in that situation too. I just think that Nick Richards, like, that, and like, this is his true test, like, here for the rest of the season, right? Because he's a free agent. Like, the Hornets have to pay to bring him back. And I think the rest of the league is, has enough tape on him, at least from earlier in the year, where it's like, this guy can play. He definitely belongs in the NBA. He might just be a backup center, but, like, He's not a bad player. I mean, he's a he's a he's a space eater, right? I mean, he's gonna muck you know what up in the paint. And, you know, there comes times in the season where you need guys like that. So I'm kind of interested to see Nick Richards um in a starting role. Not not to say that's exactly what's gonna happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Hornets throw him out there against the hardest competition, the hardest matchups, and just figure out exactly what we have here. Because it is going to play a big role this summer. Now that, of course, they couldn't trade or they couldn't uh, afford Jalen McDaniel, so they have more money in God to spend on all these guys they need to bring back now. Um, so yeah, those were just kind of my final thoughts on on this deal. Um, what a day for Charlotte. I, I mean, I, you kind of knew it made less than zero sense for them not to do something. This is not how I exactly imagined it. I really didn't think Jalen McDaniel's was getting traded. But yeah, any closing thoughts here? Um, we'll just say, you know, I do this I've seen some people mention this in the comments. Like, I know we're talking about the black, you know, Plumley leaving, and that probably opens up a little bit. That opens up not just a little bit, opens up a lot of room for Mark and and and, and Richards to really like hold down the center rotation and maybe you get a little more Kai Jones in there as well. But perhaps without McDaniels. Maybe that does unearth a little bit more PT for some of your other young wings, young hybrid guys on the roster. Kai Jones, JT Thor, maybe those guys see more playing time. Um, I think, it, I, you know, I don't think they'll play well, but it is good for those guys to get minutes. Um, and they'll probably have some good moments. Maybe it needs a little more playing time for, you know, for Bryce McGowan's, et cetera. So, like, you know, there's there's some... There's some of like elsewhere on the roster. I think you can see your you'll see some young guys just play more uh, by virtue of these two uh, transactions, and it doesn't necessarily pertain to the just the center position. Yeah, I saw a, a question here. Sorry, Lee. Um, James asked, "Is Richards unrestricted?" Um, yes, the Hornets have his bird rights, though. Um, they signed him to, I think, a three-year contract. Um, so they can, they can retain him in other words, without going into the weeds if they want to. Yeah. My, my only kind of thought, uh, parting, I guess more kind of higher view thought here is like from a tanking race standpoint, I think this was a decent like trade deadline for the Hornets. And the reason I say that is like, we're going to see more Richards and Williams, um, both, solid already i think solid you know solid nba centers particularly for young players but you know they're not exactly going to be dragging the hornets to to win after win or, or anything like that at this point in their career um you know the four teams that the tank race is really on for is houston detroit san antonio and charlotte then there's a pretty big gap 
to like the Orlando Indiana group. There's like a seven uh-huh. game gap there. Um, look like the Lakers got marginally better. Washington didn't have a big sell-off. Toronto didn't have a big sell-off. Chicago yeah. didn't have a big sell-off. Utah yeah. even didn't really strip down. So like the only team that really stripped down is Brooklyn, but Brooklyn got useful players back and Brooklyn's so far ahead in the standings that that that's just not like a realistic thing. So, uh, you know, if there's any other kind of like small silver lining here, I think it's that I don't foresee any other franchise really bombing to the point of getting in that for that, that four team group that I laid out at the beginning. So I think it truly does kind of become, uh, you know, Charlotte's, you know, that they, they, they should, at the very least, hopefully have it a 12.5% chance at the number one pick, if not a 14% chance if they can get up into the top three or bottom that's, three. Yeah, I say. That, that's the best news they've had. And I don't even know how long. Like, and I know it's, you know, like it's that news is like the absence of news, at least in the short term. But like, that, that's all that matters right now. And like, it does need to be kind of to look, at least hinting at here, like, it like you like you have got to cut the brakes here. Like it, it, it can be like I, I think they've I think they've been like slowly leaning into it. I think today it, what happened today indicates even more that they're leaning into it. But like it has to be all systems go. Like literally nothing. Like the next two months, it is just like I know these are just percentage points and whatever. But like you just can't take any of that stuff for granted, man. And and, and you really should be trying like hell. Uh, to see if you can get a bottom three record, and they're you know they're close, but um, as James mentioned in the comments, the Spurs stripped down today. You know they ship off Jakob Pertle, they yep. move Josh Richardson yep. um, to New Orleans in exchange for Devontae Graham. Which by the way, Devontae Graham is going to end up being a pretty costly player for the Pelicans. Cost them a first round pick to get that guy. Uh, thank you, and Mark Williams uh, to the New Orleans Pelicans. And now four second round picks to unload that guy too, wow. man. Dang, that's uh, that's a lot for a uh, you know a backup. <laughs> and also, like while he was there, he was like you know in the way of Kyra Lewis from playing more. It's just like not 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 ideal uh, for Devontae. So hopefully he gets the chance to kind of reset his um you know his career a little bit because things kind of went you know cold for Devontae and. Things sort of went sideways for him in New Orleans. I don't think it really worked out for either party. Um, but uh, so yeah, they stripped down, and you know, obviously Houston and Detroit. Detroit didn't move Bogdanovich, which mm-hmm. I guess is notable. I mean, he was awesome against Charlotte the other night. You can just see, like, I mean, the, the, like you know, Detroit's obviously like you know they're a mess, but they've got a lot of good young players, and Bogdanovich just, he just does like what Rozier does for Charlotte, it's like. There's just like a baseline competency on offense because they have this guy that can like run around screens and shoot. And they feature him pretty heavily. Like that was the offense. It was like, you know, pick and roll with Ivy, pick and roll without Spurks, and then, you know, like pin down actions for, for, for Bogdanovich. So they kept him. Um, so I guess that's another small potential good thing for Charlotte if you want to like go deep on it. But, uh, Everything, all that matters now is like the next two months, getting a bottom three roster and then just like doing whatever you need to do to try to get the lottery luck. You know, like 
like everybody that's that all that matters now is the day of the 2023 lottery like that that that's really it um yep. you know so anyway yeah, that it totally i mean that that is uh that is all that matters from here you know until lottery date um I think we've pretty much recapped it well. I mean, again, I will add one more thought on because we are only you know, next October will be LaMelo extension season, uh-huh. and we'll just have to see where the team is at that point. I do think that slightly overpaying Jalen McDaniels on the wing and drafting in the top three, Jalen McDaniels was not going to help us win two or three more games this year. You know, I mean, he's 25, you know, he's a 25-year-old wing. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, and if he is going to help you win that much more, you just don't play him as much. But having him on the roster and adding a top three or top four pick, I just think that that, that has a better – that's going to land better with LaMelo and LaMelo's camp and what he wants next in his NBA career rather than what Charlotte did today. Um, and that's the real big, big disappointment from today, not only today and what exactly happened in the return, but looking forward, you know, it's just, it's going to be hard to replace that kind of tool, that kind of asset, um, on a guy that it was exactly on the age curve that you would want on this roster. Very, the one disappointing factor, but we move on. You guys yeah. ended it perfectly it, it's it all comes down to the nba lottery now and and as drayson is uh screaming in the background i think he just screamed wimby so yeah. that's what we're pulling for now <laughs> just they just got to get a vision we talk i will go down the rabbit hole we beat this drum too many times before but just like they got to get a vision what's the plan what's the vision um and you know how does the lottery pick fit into that because they, they just got it right now they feel rudderless and um, it's time for them to get a little a little bit more direction uh, with where the city is going as they try to build now for the second time around Lamelo because that's what today officially signifies like the second attempt to put a roster around this guy. Well said. That's a perfect way to end it. All right. Well, Lee, BG, be good. RR, you're in the background. Thank you, sir. We will see you guys next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.